I think it's been a while since I opened an episode with a question. So here it is. How do you feel about social media? I realize that's a broad question, but more specifically, how do you feel about each of these social media platforms? And beyond that, which one makes you feel the best? And maybe this seems silly to be evaluating social media platforms based on emotion. Emotion can get us into so much trouble, right? When we feel things so intensely, it can influence us in a very negative way, not always with the best outcome. In fact, it's quite often, it seems, that as we let our feelings dominate our decisions and how we use things and how we exist, it can make us pretty miserable, ironically. But all that being said, I still want to know, how do you feel about social media and how do you feel about each of the platforms that you use? Because we all have a variety that we use and feel, I suppose, somewhat safe about using, right? Because typically, if you don't, if you're not comfortable with a platform or anything, for that matter, you're not going to stick around. You're going to abandon it. You're going to go somewhere else. And the reason I'm thinking about this is because the world of social media is... Everything is in a little bit of a weird space right now. We have platforms that seem very unstable. We have platforms that are under threat. We have platforms that people are abandoning and others that people are running to. Social media is always on the move. It's always shifting. I have always said, do not ever call me a guru because there's no way you ever at one moment, for a moment, Know everything. You can't because everything's changing. The influence of social media is overwhelming and completely unavoidable. Isn't it funny how about a decade ago, the importance, the validity of social media was still largely questioned. There were many people, especially businesses, who thought, what is this? This is a fad. This is going to come and go. We don't need this. And lo and behold, social media is one of the biggest promotional tools for business, creatives, entrepreneurs. It's incredible what people have, how people have latched onto social media. And a lot of it is not just professionally motivated, but emotionally motivated. I'm focusing on that part of it, the emotion. It affects us very heavily, social media, especially young kids, young adults. It's addicting. It's this adrenaline rush, kind of like playing a slot machine. I don't know if you've ever gambled. I don't know if you've ever stopped in and sat down at a slot machine in Vegas or anywhere in Nevada. (laughs) But because the moment you land at the airport, there they are, the slot machines. But if you have sat at a slot machine, you know the anticipation when you hit that button or you pull that lever. The adrenaline rush, the anticipation is at a peak. And I think for many, especially those who will browse a platform for minutes and minutes a day, many minutes a day, a 
very frighteningly high number of minutes a day. I can't emphasize that enough. That is the same sensation. Scroll, 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 scroll. Ooh, what am I going to see? Ooh, that's cool. What about that? Oh, oh, that's kind of disturbing. Let's move on. You see where I'm going with this? And, and I could go into a whole nother episode of why social media is so harmful, especially to younger people. That's not to say it doesn't have, it doesn't have its challenges for everyone. I like to try to focus on the goodness of social media. And so therefore, when I think about the platforms I use, which are pretty limited in number, and I've begun to diversify my channels and where I am. A lot of people have done that. They've shifted away from massive mega platforms, mega meta, and they have gone to more private conversational forum platforms, Reddit, Discord servers, et cetera, et cetera. People want to have actual conversations, connections with others who can empathize or sympathize or understand them. That's why we gravitate to certain platforms. We're looking for some sort of fulfillment, ultimately. Now, as you guys all think about where you are in the social world, I want to take you through the short list of platforms that I love and how they make me feel. And this is ultimately why I use them. I'm going to start, I'm just going to literally look at what's on my phone and I will tell you. So Instagram, Instagram is probably the one that I frequent the most and it makes me feel, and this is in large part because of the accounts I follow, of course, it makes me feel invigorated and I don't know, I'm looking for another word, but I follow a lot of accounts that are scenic that are art and expressive and they have beautiful they showcase beautiful things beautiful images beautiful scenery beautiful sound you get the picture so when i look at instagram it's invigorating but it's also comforting in a way because i'm seeing things that are worldly i'm seeing friends i'm very very picky about the accounts i follow Everywhere. That, that is across the board. But I suppose Instagram makes me feel invigorated and comfortable. Reddit. Ah, Reddit. I love Reddit so much. Reddit makes me feel curious and encouraged. And the reason for that is because there is so much to learn on Reddit, you guys. I know. I know there are a fair amount of people who are making things up and aren't telling factual things. But let me tell you this. If you explore any number of some of the biggest subs on Reddit, you will find there are many educated people. There are many well-rounded and learned people. There are many who want to educate and inform others because they've been in a field their whole life or they've been in school and studied this exact topic and they know what they're talking about. I love Reddit. I have learned so much from Reddit, not just about the world, but about people. I think what you find when you're in an environment like Reddit is because you can be anonymous there, there's this sense of transparency. People are very open and very real. And that means 
they're confessing a lot of things about themselves that are quite revealing. And it's eye-opening because you suddenly realize that men, women, young, old, people are all struggling with the same things. And we express it in vastly different ways. And that's why we all seem so different. But I think deep down, there's this want, this need, this curiosity that is universal. And I find that more on Reddit than I do on any other platform. LinkedIn, the gold standard for professional networking. If you are a professional, if you're an entrepreneur, you own a business, et cetera, et cetera, you need to be on LinkedIn. I've been on it probably one of the longest out of any of the platforms I use. It's come a long way since the days of old, but it is your digital work history, your digital resume. It is your digital professional voice. And it's a great place to meet people who are in your profession. It is ultimately the place to meet those people and to get to know them better and to learn from each other. And that's another platform similar to Reddit in that respect. When I'm on LinkedIn, I feel it's kind of a similar feeling as Reddit. I'm very curious, I'm very encouraged, and I'm inspired in a lot of ways and intrigued because I'm learning so much about marketing music, social media, communications, online reputation, et cetera, et cetera. I'm learning so much about that and the human psyche because LinkedIn has become a little bit more personal these last few years. It was interesting when 2020 hit and everything started happening and it was really scary, LinkedIn became a place where people were expressing a lot of very difficult things in a personal way. And I think it shifted the tone of the platform ever so slightly. And it's a little more humanized than it used to be. So that's kind of nice because it makes it feel that much more personal, that much more real. It's not so corporate. It's not so buttoned up. There's a little bit of lax there that I think creates this approachable demeanor around this professional platform. Pinterest. I have long loved Pinterest. Whenever I am on Pinterest, I feel relaxed. I feel relieved. I feel creative. Life just feels simple because Pinterest is and always has been one thing and has changed very little since its inception. It is pins of everything in life from the stuff that you love to the stuff that everyone else loves. Yeah, it's a big e-commerce platform these days. You can shop on Pinterest just like you can pretty much anywhere else these days. But Pinterest is a place to almost build your loves and likes in life in one place. If anybody wants to know what I'm about, just go to Pinterest. I have boards organized by emotion, which includes a lot of phrases as well as very warm moving imagery. I have a board about film. I have a board about awesome people, et cetera. cetera. Everything you need to know about me (laughs) as far as what I'm about and what I really love is, is on Pinterest. I love Pinterest. It is probably maybe even more than Instagram, the platform I spend most of my time on simply because it's much more I appreciate the fact that there's not a lot of, there's virtually no conversation there. You can comment on pins, of course, but seldom do I look at that or comment on anything myself. I'm there 
because the algorithm, like every other platform, knows what I like. And when I look through Pinterest, I am seeing golden yellow things and sunsets and queen and owls. I'm seeing all of these things that I love to see because of what I've pinned and what I've searched for. Cool pixie haircuts. I I love Pinterest. I love it. It's calming. It's soothing. It is a little escape for me. And I sincerely hope they never change what they're doing because it has always been this gem of a place that isn't even your typical conventional social platform. It's lumped in there, but it's different because it's basically just, it's almost like bookmarks. You know, it's, it's almost like Pocket or these other virtual bookmark apps, basically. You're pinning things that you like, whether it's for ideas for friends or parties or decor, or it's just ways to keep yourself sane. That's all it is. It's just a collection of stuff. And I love that that's how Pinterest works. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I have YouTube on my phone and it is the, you know, it's where you view everything, right? It's how you learn. I admit I have gone on YouTube for so many car how-tos. Okay. Now my car is so old. I can still change the headlights myself. I, I didn't even know until fairly recently that Many of these newer cars are being made so you cannot change your own headlight, which I think is a crime. Anyway, my car is old enough that I can do it myself. And I remember when one of my headlights went out and I went to the store and I got myself a new headlight and I literally had this video pulled up and saved on YouTube. And it was about a minute and a half, two minutes long. And I got my headlight changed in maybe four or three minutes. And the hardest part was getting my hand in that tiny, tiny space to make it happen. And I have tiny hands. So somehow I managed to do it on my own and it was all because of YouTube. I do love that about YouTube. You have so many how-tos. You can find just about how to do anything on YouTube. And of course it is almost the world's number one search engine, YouTube. It's kind of phenomenal. There are a number of channels that I'm subscribed to on YouTube. A lot of them are artist or music related. Some of them are funny. I have collections of videos I love. Yeah. I have inspiring things and amazing things, moving emotional things. I I think I have a whole playlist that is nothing but stuff that makes me cry with happiness and joy because I love it so much. Little snippets of film. So I feel when I'm on YouTube, I do feel a little bit haphazard simply because there's so much there. It's very overwhelming, YouTube, but I'm still entertained, of course, and often happy or laughing because I'm watching something that I love. Facebook. There are only a couple of reasons I have Facebook on my phone, (laughs) because I'll be honest with you. How I feel about Facebook is not a good feeling, and I felt that way for a very long time. I maintain my account solely for professional purposes. That's it. I don't maintain any kind of a presence there personally, otherwise. And it doesn't have to do with privacy concerns so much as it is what the platform has become. I am of the opinion that this thing is too big for itself. There is too much going on with Meta Facebook these days. There's just too much. I remember when my one of my best friends and 
this was college days. She said, oh, you need to be on Facebook. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I think it took me six more months to finally get on it. And back then, it was cool to reconnect with people you hadn't seen in years, people you went to school with, people you'd lost touch with. I will say for connecting with old family, old friends, there is that magic, yes. It is one of the best places to do it because nowadays, Facebook is one of the most populated platforms. Even if younger generations are not using it as much, there is a presence of people still on it, and it's a good way to get in touch with people. But I feel deflated and a little bit empty when I'm on Facebook these days because I'm just not motivated to be there at all. It's, it's so, again, it's cluttered with so many different things that I, I kind of want to flee from it. It almost makes me feel claustrophobic. How's that? How's that? Ah, Facebook. But yes, it is on my phone. Last, certainly not least, TikTok. Ah, yes. The app that may be banned. I don't know. I don't know. Time will tell. I've been thinking a lot about that. I've been keeping up with the articles and the development, the news that is swirling around that right now. I'm not sure how I feel about it because here's the thing. Yes, social media as a whole, the power it gives certain entities, countries, companies, et cetera, is very, very concerning and scary. But beyond that, this goes back to what I said at the beginning, how addicting it is, how powerful it is, how influential it is, especially among younger generations. What does that mean for younger generations? What does that mean for us? So there is a part of me that would think, yeah, maybe it would be good to have that kind of a smackdown on such a prominent growing platform. Maybe it would wake us up in some way. Maybe it would refocus us to something that might actually be better. But on the other side of the spectrum, See, and even I, I, I hesitate to go either way, and this is why I'm stuck in the middle, because the whole free speech, that freedom, that freedom to share, that freedom to express, that's why people are using the platform. Concerns of privacy aside and data collection, people are using it because they are getting something positive out of it. People are selling, promoting, using this platform. People are sharing their talent using this platform. They're sharing a laugh using this platform, just like any of the others, really. So there, there's a big part of me that's so undecided about this. And I don't know how I will feel if drastic measures are taken about this app. But when I'm in the app myself, let's go back to that. How do I feel about this app? I swing from inspired and encouraged to very concerned because, of course, and I've talked about this previously, I have seen things on this platform that I'm worried for future generations. Let's just put it that way. And this stuff goes beyond just people being silly or being cheeky or being a little bit crude, right? This This is more in the hurtful zone. This is more of the careless zone and the completely ignorant to what, what is this actually going to mean if I share this? I I honestly, I don't see things very often anymore. And I think it's because the algorithm knows that I don't want to see those things based on my actions within the app. But 
I've seen things previously that I thought, how could someone even get through the steps to post this without questioning, is this a good idea? Should I really be doing this? You know? I would say more than any other platform, barring maybe one or two I mentioned, TikTok is a place where people tend to, for whether it's for attention or shock factor, they tend to almost obviously ignore their conscience about whether or not they should post something is what it seems like to me. Now, I do realize that everybody's sense of what is a good idea versus what may be harmful, et cetera, is different. And some people don't have, they don't have the life experience. They don't think about the bigger picture. They're inside their world. And to them, this might mean one thing, but to many others, it's going to mean another. And this does go to, of course, interpretation. You know, I, I, I am a big fan of expressing yourself and having the right and the freedom to do that. And there's always going to be a chance that you're going to offend or upset people. That, that is the risk that you take, sharing your opinion or sharing something with anyone at any time. That's always going to be a risk. But I'm talking about things that are blatantly harmful. And I've seen many. And TikTok is not the only place I've seen them. This is just the most recent app I'm talking about. So yeah, I swing between this. There's a massive pendulum and it goes back and forth s- seemingly very slowly depending on what's going on on the app and what I see, etc. So TikTok is a it's a conundrum to me actually. And I understand, believe me, I understand why it has grown so massively so quickly. It is probably out of every single one of these I've mentioned It is the most addicting scroll, scroll, scroll platform you're going to find right now, even beyond Pinterest. And and I will definitely admit that I can spend way too much time on Pinterest because it is devoid of conversation. It's all images. And to me and on my feed, inspiration and beautiful imagery and things that I love to see. You could say that, yeah, the same thing happens on TikTok. It's just more all-encompassing. You're getting videos from people about them singing something, saying something, expressing something, joking about something, et cetera, et cetera, showing you something, teaching you something. I I wonder what, let's just think to, in a world without COVID, I know, how dare I say that? It's, It's almost... Rude. It's almost cruel of me to suggest that. But just, I, I've often thought about this. In a world where COVID never happened, what would have happened with TikTok? Because TikTok was growing before COVID, of course, but it really exploded when everybody went inside and isolated because everybody was looking for a way to share things. And TikTok was the go-to. So ultimately, it won out. Everybody started flocking to this app. So I like to think about that. Well, how would the, would the increase been there, but not as prominently if something as drastic and disturbing as COVID wouldn't have happened? And how would that have affected other social media networks? We all know that when a social media network comes 
in like that and steals away the attention and the audience that the others start to feel more stale. This is just something that happens subconsciously. There are the ones that we stand with and stand by and we always use. I mean, look at me. I, I, I've been using Pinterest forever. It's funny. Twitter is one that I don't have on my phone, but I do still use it. I do still use it. And there was a day when it was one of my favorite platforms. I loved it because it was the easiest way to send a message to someone in, you know, in a, in a space of life, in a celebrity life that you otherwise felt like you couldn't touch. Twitter was a way where suddenly the avenue was available and the doors were opened, or at least they were cracked. And so you might be able to wiggle your way in there. That was the amazing thing about it. Now, of course, the perception of it has completely shifted because of all because of politics. And if it weren't for that, I think the sentiment around Twitter would be very, very different. When I'm on Twitter now, and I'm not on it nearly as often, I would say I promote my podcast there, my music, but I don't frequent it like I used to. I'm not looking at the feed very much, if at all, these days. But when I'm on it now, I feel a little bit, honestly, it's just uncertainty because of what's going on and has been going on with that platform. So much happening in the world of social media right now, right? Where, where we're, we're wondering what's going to happen with TikTok. We're wondering what's going to happen with Twitter. There's talk of, was it Meta starting a, a Twitter competitor? I, I think I saw that just the other day. Everybody wants to get in on the game. Everybody wants to play the game, you know? And it's, that's a very healthy thing in the world of, of commerce. You want that development. You want that competition. That's a really good thing because it inspires people to innovate and try something new. And therefore, we have things like TikTok. We have things like Instagram. I remember when Instagram first came out. It was like, whoa. And there are people who have continued to maintain an, an image-only presence there. Remember when Instagram was like reels, reels, reels? They started pushing reels a little while back because of TikTok. They wanted to stay in the game, so they started pushing video. Now, of course, they've scaled it back, and they want to focus on images more again because they heard a portion of their audience, of their users that said, look, we don't like this. We don't want this. We want our images back. So Instagram's pulling back the reins on all of that algorithm video reach we've been seeing. And I've been experimenting on Instagram as well. Oh, well, I'm going to share a little video today. Oh, well, maybe I'll just share an image. And it's definitely in the works. I can see it right before my eyes. The images get more traction. It's interesting how they shift gears like that. But I do think when a platform finds a niche like that, it's important to recognize it acknowledge it and maintain it. You don't always have to be in the game with everyone else doing their thing because you have your thing. And I suppose trying to wrap this up, I would say to you, how you feel about these platforms, what is your thing? Do you like an image focus platform? Something that's less conversational. And it's more about the media aspect of social media. Because that's, that's what Instagram perhaps is becoming again. That's what Pinterest has always been. Images, images, images. 
Occasionally I see a short video snippet or an advertisement that's animated on Pinterest, but it's primarily imagery, which I love. Or are you about the video, TikTok, YouTube? Are you still in that mode of news and updates and latest happenings? Twitter. I know a lot of people like to knock it, but let's face it. Twitter is kind of a unique thing. There are other platforms that have been made like it since, but Twitter has always had that kind of gold standard of that sort of approach. I remember when I first started seeing hashtags pop up on news channels during games, NFL football, basketball. And then, of course, every time Apple would do their big gatherings, they would have their hashtag and everybody was using it. What a brilliant way to market, share news, bring the focus to your latest happenings. Seriously. It's, it, it's interesting to me when I, when I talk to people who they still don't really understand what a hashtag is meant for. And, and this is a wide different span of users. We've got people who they've been on social media for quite some time, but they still don't really understand the concept of a hashtag. And then you have people who have never really used social media at depth. And so their understanding of a hashtag is virtually nothing. They're like, well, what is the, what is the number sign doing in front of these words? It's a tag. It's a label. You are, by using that hashtag, you are putting it into a box, into a bin, into a manila folder, if you will, that has that label on it. And when everybody else uses that same label, their stuff is also going into that manila folder. So if someone picks up that virtual manila (laughs) folder and opens it, they're going to see all of those messages with that tag. That's the idea. You're joining a conversation. You are becoming part of something that's bigger. Is that your thing with social media? And yes, I'm talking back to you, the listener. Is that your thing? Is that what you like being a part of? Do you want to do it anonymously like people do on Reddit, like most people do on Reddit? I got to say, I do love Reddit for that very reason. You can choose to be anonymous there. And nobody's going to pressure you or question you ever. I never see people being like, who are you? But I do see an awful lot of people with some amazingly educational things to say and share. I love it there. People are so real on Reddit because there's no judgment. There's no, again, you're, you're, you could be anybody. There's nothing to fear. You can say virtually, within reason, whatever you want. Nobody's going to be like, oh, I know who you are. Reddit's kind of amazing. It's interesting that I love Pinterest, which is so image-driven and not at all conversational, really. But I love Reddit because it is conversational, social. It's the social aspect of social media. And it makes me feel relieved, I suppose. That is a word I did not use when I first talked about Reddit. More often than not, I am relieved because I can read these amazing things from people of all different types and all over the world and different ages and different races. And 
everybody's so different there, but I think the similarities are more apparent there than perhaps anywhere else because you're not seeing different parts of the world that are so different and look so different. You're just reading things from people. And even if they're, their language is broken because it's not their primary language, you, you still get the feeling that, wow, we feel the same way. And I take a lot of comfort in that. So how do you feel when you use social media? Are you using any platforms that disgust you or concern you? or put a lot of stress on you. Maybe you subconsciously compare yourself, which is one of the biggest risks we take when we join conversations on social media. Whether or not we realize it, we are thinking about ourselves compared to that other person. We're thinking about our lives compared to that other person's. Look at what they have. Oh my gosh, look at that house. Look at that car. Look at their outfit. Look at their hair. Look at their face. Don't even get me started about filters. (laughs) I am not a filter fan. Occasionally, very rarely, I will use one, especially if it's funny. But I have so much concern about these glamour filters that are getting thrown out there. It's not real. And that's a conversation for another day. I have another topic I want to talk about, and that is AI. And we'll get into that later. That's a big topic. I want to do some research first before I talk about it. In fact, I wanted to do some research before I talked about this today. I wanted to throw out at you just how many people are using these platforms. We all know that Facebook is massive, TikTok is massive, and still growing. Pinterest has always been very modest, I think, with their growth and their user numbers, but they've always been very consistent. It's interesting about Pinterest. I love it. Oh gosh, Pinterest never go away. But I challenge you, if there is a platform that you are using because of one reason or you keep in touch with one person, I promise you there's another way to do that. Because if you don't feel good when you use a platform, You might want to reconsider it. You might feel obligated because of your business or your your endeavors creatively to be somewhere. But if there is a negative, if there's a negative thing swirling around you when you're using this thing, or it's just not working, you have other options. That's the beauty of social media is there's always something new. And yeah, you might have to start from scratch to build your following somewhere but it might just be worth it too. That's the other beauty of it. There is no set rule for this. People will ask me that. Well, where should I be? And I'm not just talking professionally. I'm talking personally. People say, what do you use, Charlie? Where where do you go? And I'll tell them, but I'll also tell them, you don't need to be there. Try this. Try this. You know what? MySpace still exists. (laughs) It's still there. Try a Discord server. Try more, more private groups, things like next door that are more personal. Try different things because you're never going to know unless you try. I have my core apps that I absolutely adore and some of them that are convenient and not so cool in my mind and others that honestly, I'm so disappointed in them and what they become. 
but there's always something new coming around that corner. And I have to remind myself of that as well. When I feel down and out about what's happening online in the digital world, especially in the social media space, I got to remember there is goodness happening. There's goodness being shared. There's goodness being said. Lives are being changed in positive ways because of social media. It's not all doom and gloom. It's not all, it's not all a loss. And finally, I think one of the biggest concerns, if people aren't on social, it's because of privacy concerns or data concerns. And that's fine if that's how you feel about it. Absolutely, I get that. And it's okay to stand by that too. You don't have to be anywhere. You can text people and that's it. You can have chat groups in your text box and and that's the extent of it. And you know what? In some ways, you might be better than the rest of us for it simply because you won't be inundated with a lot of things that you perhaps may not need or, or would be better off not experiencing, not seeing. So just think about it. How do you feel about social media? How do you feel about what you use and where you are? Is there another option, something that you haven't considered There are plenty, plenty of lists out there. Just go look for social media options. Alternative to Instagram, alternative to TikTok, alternative to this. If you're not into any of them, go find something else. Experiment. Nobody's ever going to know it all with social media because it's always this rapidly changing living thing because of how we populate it and what we make it. Social media is like this other little world. And we, as people, have always had the most power over what we're doing in the real world too. But it's amazing to see how we shape the digital world. And I'll talk more about the AI world next time. And I do apologize. I am not ready to kick off my next Queen album yet. I haven't even really started to research that album. I know a lot about it already. I could tell you a lot right now, but I want to get my head around every single thing I can find. And that will take time. So in the meantime, this was my little social media feelings, feelings conversation. And I hope, I hope that you think about that and how things affect you and whether it's worth maintaining a presence or starting something fresh somewhere else. And when it comes to things professionally, it might just reinvigorate your business for you to shift gears socially. Whether you're cutting back because you're trying to maintain too many places, too many social media platforms, or you're just moving on from one thing to something else. So think about it, feel it. And I'll be back next time, guys. Keep yourselves alive. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. I'm so glad you're here. And I'll be back next time. Bye, guys.